We are so glad you're here this morning. We are entering the third week in this really, I think, critical series for us as believers called Spiritual Habits. And, and I want to get away from the misnomer that, that habits are something that are either unproductive or something that are boring because we are finding that as believers, spiritual habits are those things that we do in our life that help us to enjoy Jesus more. So these spiritual habits that we're learning, and we've, we've already talked about Bible reading, we've already talked about prayer, and now we're entering into this thing that we are so unfamiliar with as a whole, not maybe you personally, but as a whole, and that is the idea of fasting along with our prayer. And these spiritual habits that help us enjoy, enjoy Jesus more are not necessarily... Um, like something you have to work hard for and, 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 and struggle with in order to be able to finally enjoy the Christian life. What we are learning is that these spiritual habits are not the payments for pleasure, but actually the pipelines for the pleasure. In other words, as you are reading the Bible, as you are praying, that's when the blessings come and that's when we begin to grow and that's when we begin to have our eyes open to what it is that this relationship with the Lord is all about. And that sounds so beautiful until it comes to the habit that we're going to discuss today and that is fasting. Because there are so many misconceptions about fasting And I hope to clear some of those up this morning, but our problem may be how we think of fasting and what is, what has been great is uh, getting feedback. So like my community group, um, we, we, I asked them to give me some insight as to what they think about fasting, what they think fasting is, what, what it is that they think prevents them from doing it, and why it doesn't seem to be part of our Western Christian culture very much. And I love the answer. And that's actually where I created the list that we're going to go over in just a moment. But there, there are so many misunderstandings or misconceptions about the idea of fasting and, and you, we'll get into that in just a little bit. But our problem is how we think of fasting. Because if all we focus when it comes to fasting is on the abstinence and we begin to treat fasting like some kind of a duty that we have to perform, then like anything in the Christian life, that practice, that spiritual habit then becomes a drudgery and then we'll feel like a failure. And that's not what it's intended for. And as we're going to see, fasting in and of itself can not only bring joy and help you enjoy Jesus, but it will strengthen and sharpen your relationship with God. So let me kind of go over some of the things that, and, and I, I probably had uh, 15 responses uh, in email form from, from our community group as to why we don't fast. I've tried to kind of narrow it down just to a couple things. So, so here's a couple reasons why we don't fast. First of all, medical issues. And I want to be very clear, I, I don't play a doctor on TV, and, and I didn't stay at a Holiday Inn Express last night, but, but I think that it's very smart if you have any concerns medically that you not fast until you check out 
with a doctor because it is it it can be something um, that that affects you negatively, um, or if you're maybe you're expecting, or maybe maybe you're nursing, or maybe you are diabetic, or whatever the health issues you might uh, you might be going through, um, or if you have to eat on a regular basis for health reasons, please talk to your doctor. Don't don't say I have to do this because Jesus wants me to, unless your doctor says it's okay. Um, that's if you're fasting from food. Because there's other ways to fast. There's other things to give up for the benefit of your spiritual life. And that's what's exciting about this. So, so medical issues may prevent you. Um, also, to be honest with you, we just love food, don't we? We just love food. Come on. It just, it is... To think of depriving ourselves for that which is so readily available seems ridiculous. We just love food, and, and the, the idea of going even without a meal seems unnecessary. We live in a very materialistic society, and it's counterintuitive for us, listen to this, to say no to ourselves about anything. If we want it, we get it. Even if we don't need it, we just want it, let alone food. It's just woven into our lives, which brings us to the third thing. It's socially awkward because so much of what we do socially revolves around food. And the idea of missing a meal or a couple of meals just makes it a very awkward thing with your friends or co-workers or even sometimes your family. Our culture is centered around food. Every gathering, every time we get together, it seems like somehow food is involved. It's just the way that we are. And then finally, don't take this word wrong, but I think, it's, I think there's a lot of ignorance and, and ignorance doesn't, not in a bad connotation. You understand when I say ignorance, I mean, we just don't know. We just don't know. We don't know how. As was evidenced by my community group. I would say a third of the people in my community group, just why would I not eat? And how does that bring me closer to God? Why would I, why would I do that? What is the benefit of it? I've never heard of this before. And that's why I want to address this. And please hear my heart. I, I'm, I'm not, we're not talking about fasting because I want everybody to feel guilty because they had snacks on the way into church this morning. I thought about not putting anything out this morning. How funny would that be? And that way all of you would feel good about your Christian life right now. I, I did, uh, I've done several long, long-term fasts, and uh, I was a youth pastor years ago at the beginning of my ministry, and I was fasting for a particular Sunday at our church and some things that were going to happen, and um, we did youth group every week, and of course, we always fed the kids, and I wasn't eating, and then I didn't eat the next week, and so one of my, one of my youth uh, kids said, his name was Fred, and Fred was a good kid, but he was like one crayon short, you know, he was, he was, he was really a, just a just a beautiful soul. And, and he came up to me, he goes, I know what you're doing. You're fasting, aren't you? I'm like, I am. He goes, I'm fasting too. I'm like, what? He goes, I fast between meals. <laughs> and he meant it with all his heart. So what do you, so anyway, I don't know where that story came from, but 
So we're afraid that we're not going to do it right. We, we, we don't know why we should do it. And that's kind of what I'm hoping to address tonight. But my goal today is to give you an extra tool in your toolbox spiritually. My goal is not to cause you to feel guilty about this. That's, I'll let the Holy Spirit do that. I'm, I, am, I am simply here to say, hey, take a look at this. This might, this might help sharpen your focus. This, this might help you get to a different level spiritually. It might clarify your mind. It might, it might sharpen your focus on the things of the Lord. Many people have never given it any thought. We've never been prompted to do it. And that is what I hope to address today. Um, if we're going to fast for spiritual reasons... It is a strictly voluntary matter that should arise out of a sense of need and not out of a sense of obligation. Please hear me. If, you, if there is something that you just desperately need from God or you need to hit a reset button, that's what fasting is all about. Fasting is not about trying to make you feel obligated to do something because Eric said so. It is, it is something that arises out of a sense of need. And how many times in our life have we come to the place where we were so desperate to hear from God that we would have gone without in order to be able to spend more time with him and to sharpen our focus? So here's the skinny on fasting. Fasting is is voluntarily going without food, and this is important, or any other good gift from God for the sake of some spiritual purpose. Now, now that seems like a very vague statement, but I, that's intentional because I don't want to narrow the parameters. I think that that encompasses everything fasting can and should be. You are voluntarily going without food or any other good gift from God. What could those other things be? Coffee. Yeah, first thing I thought of. <laughs> or, or sweets, or electronics, or the TV, or, I mean, you can fast from just about anything for a particular spiritual purpose. Another way to put it is it's the temporary renunciation of something that in and of itself is good, like food, in order to intensify our expression of need for something greater, like God and his work in our lives. So I'm willing to give up this good thing in order to achieve something greater in my life. That's what it is. Now, scriptures include many different forms of fasting, personal and communal, public and private, national Congregational, regular, occasional, partial fasts, and complete fasts. Anybody know how long Jesus fasted in the wilderness? 40 days. It's possible. Fasting helps us focus our attention on God and away from the distractions around us. Fasting draws us closer to God by starving the flesh while feeding our spirit. Now, if I haven't lost you yet, 
Let me just say this, that fasting is not a Christian requirement. It is not even a spiritual requirement of the Christian faith. But it can be incredibly beneficial. Let's go over some of the benefits real quick here. There are physical benefits to fasting, and I won't get into that today. That's not our focus. But there are physical benefits to fasting. Physicians indicate that moderate fasting can be a benefit to your health. Now, again, goes back to like my first point, check with your doctor. Right? I'm, not, I'm not here to tell you that you can do this and, and, and everything's going to be fine. But there are, there are, there's a reset, that it, there's a cleansing that takes place. There are a lot of benefits. I would encourage you to look it up. If you just look up physical benefits of fasting, you will be amazed what is out there. There are, there are books after books on fasting, and it has nothing to do with spirituality. It's just the physical benefits of fasting. There are mental benefits to fasting as well. It sharpens your mind. It, clar- it, it, it creates clarity. It is a, you, you need less sleep. It is, you, you think faster. It, it, everything becomes more clear because you're not focused and you're not wearing your body out by just digesting food all the time. Look it up. I'm not, yeah, anyway. I'm not going to spend a lot of time there because that's, my focus is not on the physical or the mental benefits of fasting. There are spiritual benefits to fasting, and this is what we're going to be focusing on today. But I do want to say this, that fasting is not distinctly Christian. And what I mean is Christians aren't the only ones who fast. Almost every major religion has fasting included somewhere as a form of spiritual improvement. And it's not even necessarily spiritual. You can, you can fast just for the physical benefits of it. But here's the thing. Jesus assumed that his followers would fast. And this is why I'm bringing this in today. So in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus just got done teaching on prayer. Remember last week we said, Lord, teach us to pray, and then he prayed the prayer, and this is the, this is the passage right after he got done rehearsing what we call the Lord's Prayer. He gets done with his prayer, and the very next thing he addresses is fasting. So he says amen to his prayer, and then he continues in the Sermon on the Mount, and he says this, moreover... What does that say? When you fast. Not if. He said, moreover, when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to be fasting. Assuredly, I say unto you, they have their reward. Can you see that? Like, oh, I'm fasting. I'm giving this up for God. And, and they make a big deal about the fasting. And God says, that's all, they're, that's all the reward they're going to get. Because they're doing it to be seen of men, and that's all they're going to get out of it. And then he says this in verse 17, but, but you, well, here it is again, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face. Now, if that's not a regular practice for you, the anointing of your head thing, I wouldn't worry about it, all right? That is what they did back then just to look like they were ready for business, like they are, I am ready for the day. 
So don't do anything apart from what you normally would do. Everybody around you ought to think that you're having a great day and everything is wonderful and this is just another normal day. Because you're not doing it to be seen of men, you're doing it to be seen of God. Now let me say that. Let me say this. There are times when I have fasted that I have let people know that need to know. Otherwise, it becomes awkward. Melissa, don't cook me a meal tonight. Right? There are people in my life that need to know. Or I might want to partner with somebody and just let them know, hey, listen, I want to let you know I'm going to be fasting about this. Not that you're obligated, but I'd like you to be praying for me. And then you just kind of plan accordingly, and we'll get to that in just a little bit. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face so that you do not appear to men to be fasting, but to your Father who is in in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And then there's another occasion that we read about in in the book of Mark chapter 2 where you have the disciples of John and the Pharisees that criticized Jesus' disciples for not fasting. And here's what it says. The disciples of John and the Pharisees were fasting. Then they came and said to him, why do the disciples of John and of the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? And Jesus said to him, can the friends of the bridegroom fast while the bridegroom is with them? As long as they have the bridegroom with them, they cannot fast. Jesus says, because I'm here. I'm here. There's no need to fast. I'm right here. And then he says this. He says, but the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them. Has that already happened? Yes. Jesus died. Jesus rose from the grave and he went back to heaven. He was taken away from his followers. And then they will fast in those days. So Jesus makes the assumption that his followers will fast on occasion. But why? Why should we fast? I mean, we have prayer. We have the complete word of God. We have prayer. And and, and I mean, to to me, that seems like that ought to be enough to really get us going in the right direction. And I firmly believe there is incredible benefit there. But fasting is not meant to get God's attention. It's meant to get mine. And, And folks, that is the pivotal statement in this whole message. Fasting is not to improve God's hearing. Fasting is meant to improve my praying. And there is something significant that happens when we substitute prayer in place of food or prayer in place of whatever you are fasting from. But fasting is not meant to get God's attention. It's meant to get mine. I love this quote by A.W. Tozer. We have about as much of God as we actually want. And fasting can break through that barrier for you. And you may not be in a place right now where you need that. But just put the tool in your toolbox spiritually so that if and when you come to a place in life where you feel like you need a spiritual breakthrough or there is something so significant in your life 
maybe fasting is the answer. So how do we do this? Fasting is hard. It sounds much easier in concept than it proves to be in practice. And I, anybody who's been on a diet knows that, that even though you can, like if you go on a, a high-protein diet, low-carb diet, whatever, it's like it's amazing how much you want a piece of bread all of a sudden. Right? It's like as soon as you can't have something, that's exactly all you crave. It's, if you miss one meal, it's ridiculous what, what our minds start to think about. We become consumed by what we are doing without. So how do we do this? First of all, I would encourage you to do this. Have a purpose. Have a purpose. Because honestly, if there's no purpose behind your fasting, all you're going to be is hungry. Really. If there's not a purpose behind why you're doing this, it's not a Christian fast. All you're going to be is hungry. So why are you doing this? Fasting is not a magic pill. Fasting is something that has to be connected to a purpose. So what are you hoping to accomplish with this? So, so what I did, I just, just for sake of time, on the back of your notes, on the bottom of the page, are 10 spiritual reasons of fasting given by Dr. Donald S. Whitney. And I couldn't come up with an 11th one, so I just put his reasons on why we might fast to strengthen our prayer life or to intensify it, to seek God's guidance, to express grief, to seek deliverance or protection, to express repentance and return to God, to humble oneself before God, to express concern for the work of God, to minister to the needs of others, to overcome temptation and dedicate yourself to God and to express love and worship to God. Those are some spiritual purposes to fasting. In other words, what you're saying is, I want this more than I want that. I'm going to do without these good things or this good thing because something on that list is more important to me. I want this in my life. And I'll say it a third time. You don't have to do this. I'm just saying this this is an incredible tool in your toolbox spiritually. So have a purpose. Next, have a plan. A few decisions you need to make before you start a fast. And this is just practical things that I've experienced. I've gone on several extended fasts. I've never gone longer than 30 days. But that was a water and juice fast. And I've done two of those earlier in my ministry. And I did a 10-day before I became pastor here. I did, a, I did an 11-day back, I think, in September uh, it's, you know, it, it is, it is, po- I know you can tell, right? I've recovered well from my fasting. It's like, I know what you're thinking. He's pulling my leg. But you have to have a plan. So here's a couple practical things, and I didn't put them in the notes. Just if you want to jot them down somewhere. When you, when you think about, here's some things you need to think about before you start a fast. What kind of fast? do you want to do? Do you want to do like an all water fast? That's brutal. Like that's all you're going to take in is water. I've always been more successful with a water and juice fast or like a clear liquids to where maybe you can have some, some 
hot tea or maybe even some, some broth, you know, just, just a little bit. I used to do a thing when I did my 30-day fast, I would have six ounces of grapefruit juice in the morning and then six ounces of tomato juice, uh, V8 juice, um, for lunch and then dinner and then just distilled water the rest of the day. Because my, I, was still, I was still active, working full-time, and it was just, you know, you have to rest a, lot, a little bit more and you, when you go on extended fasts. But what kind of fast are you going to do? Or maybe you're just going to unplug the TV for the week and freak out your family or cut the Internet down to your house and cripple yourself. I don't know, what kind of fast are you going to go on? That's, that's, that's the plan that we're going to try and create here. What, what would you, so here's the thing. What you're doing when you are deciding to go on a fast is, I'm going to stop doing this so I can do more of this. I'm going to stop this, this so that I can do more of what's going to bring me closer to God. So I don't know what that is for you. And then you need to decide not only what kind of fast, but how long. And I would, just, I would just suggest that you start small and just say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skip breakfast this morning. I'm going to spend an extra 30 minutes in prayer and reading my Bible. I'm just going to take the time that I was going to do that and do this. And then every time I get hungry between now and lunchtime, every time my, my tummy reminds me that I, you're about to starve to death, because you haven't eaten, I'm going to pray. Every, it's going to be like an alarm. As soon as I start thinking about food, I'm going to, and I'm going to eat at lunchtime, but I mean, that's a start. You skip one meal. Or maybe you decide I'm going to try and go one day. And then what you'll do is like the first time I did it, I ate all the way up to 11.59. And then I fasted until midnight. You have to decide, like, how long you're going to fast because it is not as easy as you might think. But I would just skip maybe a meal and then, and then maybe two. For me, I, never, I don't eat on Sundays until after church. So that's why my sermons are so spiritual because I'm You know I'm kidding. But I, the truth of the matter is I just don't want to burp while I'm preaching. That's the truth. I don't, that's, that's the honest truth. I don't know what's going to happen. And... And we don't want to find out together, okay? We just, we want, to, we want to make sure that there's nothing bothering me anywhere, right? So, so I just fast on Sunday morning until I go to lunch. So if you ever see me grab something off the table, I promise you I'm putting it on a plate and sticking it on my desk because I really wanted some of Jessica's sandwiches this morning. So I went back and I told her, I said, save me a couple of them for after church today. Um, but but I, you just do whatever, whatever works good for your schedule. That's what I love about this. Like there may be times during the week or times during the month or a season of your life where it is more convenient to fast. Like this would be a good time because I'm not, we don't have anything planned as a family or, or it just works well for me and it just, it, it's not going to interrupt anybody else in my life. So, so. What type of fast are you going to do? How long are you going to fast? And what are you, this is the third thing, what are you going to do instead of eating? What are you going to replace that with? Because fasting is not merely an act of self-deprivation. 
It's a spiritual exercise to seek more of God. And I think you need to plan that pursuit a little bit better. Elizabeth Elliot said this, so true. One way, to be, one way to begin to see how vastly indulgent we usually are is to fast. One finds out what an astonishing amount of time is spent in planning, purchasing, preparing, eating, and cleaning up in meals. And so what I'm suggesting is we use that time for spiritual purposes. So I would encourage you to connect your plan with the purpose that you have in your fast. Consider how it will affect others. When I go on a fast, it really disrupts my family. Bless their hearts. They don't want to eat anything around me. You know, if I let them know I'm coming home early, they hurry up and have supper. So that, and then they try and get, get all the smell out of the house, you know. They are so kind to me about it, but I know that it disrupts their life. And like when I say, okay, I'm done with my fast, they're like, yay! We can feel normal now. So be considerate of people in your life and don't get grumpy. Come on, you hateful, hungry people. You know it. It's like you get hangry, right? Don't be that way. You're the one that decided to do this, so you make sure that you go above board and be very nice to people in your life. Consider how it will affect others. Don't make it harder on them than it has to be. Look at your schedule and say, when would be a convenient time for me to do this? When is a good time? So, depending on the length, depending on where you are physically, depending on the type of fast, take all of those things into consideration before you do so. And then, and then I'll finish up with this. Prepare yourself in advance. So, Here's what I mean by that. And, I, and I don't, there's physical ways to prepare yourself for a fast. You can Google that yourself. You know, they say, you know, eat more whole foods, um, uh, raw foods, stuff like that before you start your fast. I'll be quite honest with you. I'm just like a, I, I do the same thing in a pool. I don't dip my toe in. I just jump in. And that's the way that I do fast as well. But everything I've read says I'm doing it wrong. Right, they say you need to build up to it and you need to ease off of it, you know, maybe eat some broth and stuff like that afterwards. Not me, buddy. I get done with the fast, I am off the fast. <laughs> but you, you, I don't know what your tummy is like, so be careful and figure out what's best for you, but prepare yourself physically. But, but where, I, where I'm going with this is to prepare, prepare yourself. That's harder to say than you think. <laughs> get yourself ready spiritually. So as you are trying to Put a purpose with your plan. Spend time with God in prayer and get yourself ready spiritually for this fast. You might want to partner with somebody. I remember one time I was fasting and I went out for breakfast with Stephen. And uh, Stephen goes, uh, are you fasting? I'm like, yeah. He goes, why didn't you tell me? I would, have been, I would have loved to fast with you. I've never had a friend tell me that in my life that they would be willing to fast with me about something. But I was already like six or seven days in, and so he, you know, he didn't jump on in, but because he didn't love me that much. He was just like, <laughs> I think he said it because he knew that, I w- that he couldn't do it. At that, but, no. but I know Stephen's fasted several times. And, you know, so, so sometimes it is good just to, and if nothing else, pray. Pray with me. 
because this is what I'm praying over. Um, but anyway, again, this is not a guilt trip. I just feel like this is something that I have, I've been a Christian since I was nine years old. That's 42 years. Do the math. I've never in my life heard a message on fasting in 42 years. And yet Jesus assumes that we will. So add that tool to your toolbox. And if there is a spiritual battle that you are in, or you need encouragement, or you're going to be making an important decision, and you feel like I've got to hear from God, give it a try. Plan it out. Create a purpose for it. And plan accordingly. And see what God does in your life. Let's pray. Father, thank you for giving us this this tool, this this thing that we can do that allows us as your children to choose something better. And I pray that you would just clarify our minds in this area and that whatever it is that we need from you and this relationship that we enjoy Help that to be so great in our lives that we're willing to do something like this to choose the greater over the good. And I don't know what people need, and I don't know, I don't know what you're speaking into their hearts right now, but whatever it is, Father, I pray that you would help us to be obedient to you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.